highlighting all the local and national stories which impact you. Isn't it amazing that the issues we had in the 60s with people killing us, now we're killing us, and we're not saying anything about it. Had white people come through Milwaukee and started killing black people, the world would have stopped on its axis because so many people would have shown up to defend the neighborhood. But yet crime is literally out of control. And we're talking about it? It's an issue? What is your plan? What's the secret? Bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. Milwaukee, like many other major cities in the United States, has some issues that we have to work on. And that's no secret. And I've been talking about those issues over the course of my campaign for mayor. You're joking, right? Talking about it? Where's the plan? We keep talking about plans, talking about strategies. Where is the plan? What are we doing? Frank, candid, and straight to the point. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. It's decimating the black community. Yeah, because y'all don't eat right. So when you get sick because you don't eat right, because you're overweight, and nobody tells you because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because we live in a world now where if you hurt somebody's feelings, you might get arrested. It's ridiculous. Idiotic. If you know you're not supposed to have certain things because you have diabetes, don't eat it. Oh, but it tastes so good. Okay. Tell that to your children and your grandchildren who won't see you because you decided to eat. Doesn't make any sense to me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. It's Friday! And this is not Dr. Ken Harris. Okay, this is the effective communication coach, Denise Thomas. I am so excited that it's Friday. It is August the 5th. It's already August. That's bananas. Welcome into The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at Radio City. And again, I am Denise Thomas, the effective communication coach, also known as to my fellow brothers and sisters, DT. Dr. Ken is on assignment. Now listen, all day, fellow listeners, I know many of y'all are either in your car, you're wrapping up work. I just want to say this. I just want to get this off my mind real quick. We've got Tori Lowe. We've got Dr. Ken. We've got Sherwin Hughes. Now, my sister from another Mr. Melanie Rick, she she co-hosts in the morning. But I'm just going to put it out here. Fellas, we need more women on this show. Okay, we, we, we need more women representation. Look, black women have been silenced. Oh, yes, I'm going to get on my soapbox real quick before we transition into the exciting part of Friday. Black, black women have traditionally and historically been invisible unless it's time to serve somebody, feed somebody, drop somebody off, pick somebody up. So I'm just going to put this out there. If you're listening to the truth, and I know many and many of you are dedicated and, and loyal, and we so, so very much appreciate you. If you would like to hear more women that look like me, and again, I identify as a black woman, on the truth, I'm just going to petition for y'all to use the talk and text line to let your voice be heard and say, we need more ladies on the show. The truth, talk and text line is 833-212-1017. I know my program director, he's listening right now. He's like, Denise, what are you doing? I'm speaking. <laughs> 
I'm speaking for the unheard. That's what we do on the truth. Now, again, today is Friday. There is so much going on in the country, in the state. However, I have to start with this because we're going to be talking about this throughout today's show. And listen, I need everybody's perspective on this because this is a very interesting topic. At least I believe so. And, oh, Marquise just texts, I, I would love the show to be with you and Miss Elizabeth Brown. Oh, definitely, Marquise. I would love to collaborate with Elizabeth Brown. I've been listening to her over the past couple of days. She's a beast. I love her perspective. Now, here we go, Milwaukee. The Republican National Convention. We've heard it all day. It's official. The Republican National Convention is coming to Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Wisconsin is the second city in the history of the Republican National. Well, actually, I believe in the political parties, both Democratic and and Republican, to host both the Democratic National Convention and the Republican National Convention. Now, when the DNC was first announced to be hosted by Milwaukee, a lot of black folks, we, we got excited. We got excited because traditionally and historically, and we're going to talk more about this, we vote. Democratic. So there was a lot of excitement because in particular, and again, I don't like to use this word, but I'm going to use the politically correct term or the politically used term. Milwaukee is a majority minority city. Now, if y'all listened to me yesterday, let me just, for those that didn't hear me yesterday, let me just say this. I don't accept the term minority. I don't accept it. I don't use it. I don't use it to refer to people of color. Why? Because the first five letters of the word minority is minor. And there is nothing minor about being black. It's major. Now, I get from a quantitative standpoint, in certain communities, you may say, hey, this is a a group of minorities. I just don't like it, so I don't like to use it. But for the purpose of this conversation, Miss Kay, thank you so much. Appreciate that. Cosign. We are a majority-minority city. And there is a significant population of black people in Milwaukee. I cannot tell you how many times people say to me, there's black people in Wisconsin? Absolutely. There are incredible black folks in Milwaukee doing some great things despite the common narrative. We have a black mayor. We have a black chief of police. We have a black county executive. We have a black sheriff. We have a majority black city council or common council. Now, going back to my original point, and I digress a little bit, we're going to need to get some more black female representation. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but I just want to put that in there because as a 46-year-old black woman who is a Milwaukee native, and have lived in Milwaukee for a total of 17 years. I'm a transplant from a Hoosier. I need us to see more women that are black in this city. And I need to make sure that I need for us to make sure that the black leaders that we are voting for are being held accountable as well. Now, back to the Republican National Convention. The Republican Party, it it has transformed and evolved so significantly. And I want to ask each of you that are listening, 
are we ready as black folks in Milwaukee to host the Republican National Convention? Because oftentimes the associated feeling when you hear the word as a black person, as somebody who identifies as black in this country, when you hear the word Republican, there's a lot of feelings that are associated with that word. Now, let me just take us on a quick history lesson, because, again, it, for those that listened to the show yesterday, you know, I've been taking time to study the Declaration of Independence, because as we embark on becoming a 250 year old country, and oftentimes when we refer to life, liberty, and happiness, we'll go straight to the Declaration of Independence and talk about we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Well, who is we? Who is we? And when we talk about the Republican National Convention being hosted by Milwaukee, where do we as black citizens, where do we fit into that? Now, I'm going to give you my op-ed. Because for me, as someone who is commerce driven, the only color that matters to me in this type of opportunity is green. So whether you identify as red when it comes to voting or whether you identify as blue when it comes to voting, this is where we as black Americans, black tax paying and voting Americans need to think about, is this an opportunity to monetize or to capitalize off of the Republican National Convention being hosted here. Now, some of you are saying, Denise, we, 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 we thought the same thing for the Democratic National Convention. Yeah, but keep in mind, traditionally and historically, the Democratic National Party, or convention, I should say, the Democratic Party has just assumed that black folks are going to vote Democrat. They're going to vote blue. Now that we are hosting, we as Milwaukeeans are going to be hosting the Republican National Convention, I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to challenge each of you that are listening, especially those that identify as black. How are you going to engage yourself so that we can all win? We all need to be thinking as black voters how we are going to benefit how we're going to win, how we're going to, as my grandma used to say, act like we got company, because we, we going to have company, y'all. This is going to be a, an extraordinary group of leaders. And when I say extraordinary, I mean in the sense of a lot of Republicans, they don't do, they don't come to Milwaukee a lot. Wisconsin, yes. Milwaukee, not so much. Now, before we go to break, let me just put this out here. There is a significant history between the Republican Party and African Americans. Just to stay with me, y'all, because this is a big deal. The fact that in 2024, Milwaukee is going to be hosting the Republican National Convention in a city where there are a lot of black folks. This is a great time to revisit the relationship and how it's evolved between the Republican Party and black folks in this country. Now, the Republican Party was founded in 1854. And during that time, it promoted, the Republican Party promoted African-American equality 
for the first two decades. So from 1854 to 1874, you had leaders like Abraham Lincoln, who was the president of the United States, and and what was known as the, are you ready for this? The radical Republicans in Congress who fought to end slavery and give, and this goes back to the we, black men. Sisters, I didn't say us, I said men. So again, in 1854, the Republican Party promoted African-American equality. Now, we got some folks on the line. Let me see here. Let's, let's, let's get some calls here. Um, we're going to take a break. Or do we, are we going to break, DZ? Because we, we, this is going to be a dope show. I can already feel it. So why, when we're going to break, I want each of us to think about this. As we are hosting in 2024 the Republican National Convention, as African-Americans, as black folks in this city, how are we going to engage differently as it relates to when we were hosting the DNC? Because again, traditionally, black folks have not voted Republican. But however, that's changing. So we come back from the break. We're going to take our callers. Callers, just give me two shakes and a wink. Don't hang up. We want to hear your voice. And then we'll get further into this dialogue. This is 101.7, The Truth. And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 101.7, The Truth. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 101.7, The Truth, The Truth app at 1017thetruth.com. Random slow jams. Really? Come on, DZ. It's Friday. You why you playing Quiet Storm stuff? We about to talk about the Republican Party. It's Friday. We got Black Arts Festival State Fair, and you gonna break out Black Street from the nineties? DZ, you you're one of the best to do it. But come on now, come on now. All right. This is the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new one hundred one seven. The truth, obviously. We're live from the American Family Insurance Studio, Radio City. And obviously, this is not Dr. Ken. This is your girl, DT, Denise Thomas, also known as the Effective Communication Coach. I'm so excited to be here today because we're having a great conversation with our listeners regarding the RNC. So if you have not heard, uh, Milwaukee will be hosting the Republican National Convention in 2024. Of course, everybody's talking about what does that mean for Milwaukee? Is that is, is Milwaukee ready? What's that mean for black folks here in Milwaukee? We got two callers on the line. Let me take the first caller. Black Conscious from Milwaukee. You are on the new 1017 The Truth. As I like to start off, knowledge yourself and good health to you, sister. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, King. Um, so, you know, you took all my facts away, but I'm going to hit you with one more. A little thing we also need to remember Democrats were the ones that were trying to keep us in slavery, the Southern Democrats. So we're voting for the old masters uh, of a such uh, little-known fact. Uh, we were, black folks were, deeply into Republic before it was taken over by the Klan, and um, that's just the way it is. But we should not get ourselves too wrapped up into this because, as you said, they don't care about nothing but green. You mentioned about all the... Uh, African Americans we have in, in 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 good roles, but as we can see, they all have other agendas that's not favorable to us. 
they all got their speaking terms and they all got their puppet masters pulling on their strings. But again, it is not nothing that's favorable for us as African-Americans or, you know what, as Americans. Um, I like it. And, and that's and that's just the way it is, you know. Um, we should not get all wrapped up. In, instead, let's educate ourselves. Let's go to the conventions. Let's go check out what our what these uh, Republican clans are talking about, so we are better equipped with knowledge that we can go forward and handle such things that come about that's not uh, in our favor. Absolutely. We get so upset and, and want to get all riled up but something we have no control over. So let's take our energy and focus elsewhere. Let's focus on knowledge and understanding because they are who they are. And there's nothing we're going to do, cry, pout, anything that's going to change conscious. them from their facts. I, Black Conscious, thank you so much for calling in. I could not agree with you more regarding the statement about getting knowledge, gaining knowledge, doing the research, because here's the reality. The Republican Party and the Democratic Party are not going anywhere. Now, the other two parties in terms of Libertarian and I forget the uh, the other uh, vote and then Independent. Yeah, but they can't they can't get off the ground because, you know, people are people are not uh, uh, too uh, frequent knowledge, have knowledge of them. So they don't trust that. They only know what they know and they only go vote with what they know. So there, it's, it's well, like thank you there, again, so Black Conscious. I appreciate you, brother. I got I to gotta take another caller, but thank you so much for listening. Continue to listen and uh, call in another time, but thank you so much. All right, we've got another caller. Victor, you are on the new 101.7 hey. The Truth. Hey, how are you? Happy Friday. How are you? Um, thank you very much. Um, I, I just have a difference of opinion. Not a difference. I'd like to throw an opinion out there. I am Mexican American, born and raised in Wisconsin. A lot, you know, born and raised here. It's not we have a his, Hispanic language. My my Spanish is limited. We listen. A lot of Hispanics listen to your station. We agree with a lot, but it would be nice if we categorize all of us. You know. Black, Hispanic, we're all in the same boat. We have the same, and and I'm. I would bet anything there are a lot of other minorities that are listening to you. Oh, there you go, and, with that word. Um, Don't say the, it. Don't the say opinion. it. You know, we do, we we're we're joined together. I mean, that's what it is. It's, we don't have the Hispanics don't have the the representations um, that the Black Americans do. Same thing with you know some of the Asians. It's not there. We don't have that means of communication. Whereas we listen to your station, we agree with what you say. Um, it would be nice at times. I'm just suggesting categorize all of us in in, in your uh, opinion because we do hear you and we agree with you. But throw us in the in in the mix at times if you don't mind. Well, Victor, thank you so much for calling and sharing your perspective. Let Let me just say this in response to Victor's thoughts and, and perspective being part of a traditionally being part of a traditionally marginalized group in this country uh, there is a general categorization however being a black american is completely different in a in, in a number of instances from being latino or mexican american or of hispanic descent 
And so it's, it's very subjective depending on certain subject matters. I'll give you an example. And Victor, if you're still listening, just, just bear with me. As a black American, we come in various shades, complexions, uh, hairstyles in terms of texture. From my perspective, I've noticed that there are a number, a number of, of individuals that identify, whether it's Latino, Mexican-American, Puerto Rican, Hispanic, that can pass for white. Now, there are a, a, a very small number of black folks, and I mean small, that when you look at them, you would think, oh, that's a white person. But there are far more, far more of, of your folks, your people, that have the privilege of being able to turn it on and turn it off based on the situation. I don't have that. And so when you think about saying having more inclusion between black and brown folks, I'm all for it, depending on the subject matter. Because again, I've been black for 46 years and I've been a black woman for 46 years. And being a black woman is like being black twice. My dear brother, Victor, that's a whole other conversation. But in certain situations, when you talk about representation, we also have to talk about image and appearance. And just, just you know, I, I've seen Latin, Hispanic Americans, Mexican Americans, Puerto Ricans, that literally have blonde hair and blue eyes. And they can walk in any room and appear as such and even know how to code switch. See, I don't have that. My Tito Jackson nose, my, my big juicy lips, <laughs> my curly hair, it's, it's, it screams, she's black. So I just wanted to put that out there for you, Victor, and others. Yes, when it comes to conversations regarding equity and inclusion, black and brown people have always been at the forefront. We, we must also do better in terms of if we are going to talk about brown and black people, does that include Asian Americans? Does that include Southeast Asian Americans? Does that include Asians that are of Pacific descent? And I can't even tell you indigenous people, i.e. Native Americans, how many times they've talked about the lack of representation when it comes to discussions regarding equity and inclusion. Now with that being said, and then I promise we're gonna go back to the RNC. With that being said, I can only talk about my experience. I could be an advocate for others that identify as people of color. Let me be clear. I could be an advocate. I can say, hey, I saw what you did to that person based on their identity, based on their racial and ethnic identity. It was wrong. I'm not going to tolerate. I'm not going to accept it. I support this person. I can do that as a black person. But I can't speak on behalf of a group of people that I have no idea what it's like to walk into their shoes. Now, I can share with you my experiences when engaging, witnessing, observing. And again, Latinos, Hispanic Americans, those of Hispanic descent, as it relates to identity, there are far more 
that can pass and oftentimes will leverage that than black folks. Now, if you go to New Orleans and where the, the, the Creole population is, is very high, you're going to see some black folks that would appear to be very, very light or could be considered white. But again, that's a very isolated and siloed area of this entire country. So just something to think about. And as I've said before, and I'll say it again, I do not speak on behalf of a group of people that I don't belong to. I don't understand. It's, it's, it's a disservice to those group of people for me to speak. Now, advocacy is different from speaking on behalf. That's why when we were talking yesterday about our dear sister, Brittany, and I always, I want to say Griner, but it's, is it Griner? DZ is Griner, right? Brittany Griner. I always want to say Grenier for some reason. Brittany Griner. And one of the callers was like, well, you know, you should know the law and you know, you should, shouldn't have been in Russia. You don't know what her situation was. That could have been the only way that she and her family eats is by her playing in Russia. She's a basketball player. She's a professional basketball player. And <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, y'all, the WNBA ain't exactly dropping $100 million contracts for their players. They're barely making $100,000. And I'm talking about a year. Whereas Kobe Bryant, may he rest in peace, or folks like LeBron James, they get paid like $32 million a season. And folks like Brittany Griner get paid like $32,000 a year. I'm being dramatic, but trust me, the gap, it's, it's really that serious. So we have to start understanding that it ain't just a one-size-fits-all. Yes, I said the word ain't. It's not just a one-size-fits-all. And I have learned in this journey of life to stop expecting me from others. And stop telling people how they should feel. Because I don't necessarily know the whole story. I don't know the whole background. Speaking of knowing the whole background. Let's go back to the RNC being hosted here in Milwaukee. And also let me just clarify. Earlier I said that I was a Milwaukee native. I'm a Milwaukee transplant. I moved to Milwaukee in 2003. And let me just say this. It ain't easy being a black transplant in Milwaukee. There's a lot of those that come and there's a lot of those that go within two or three years. So for me to have lived in Milwaukee as long as I have, oh, yeah, I'm wearing that like a badge of honor. Y- y'all know that's true. Y'all know black folks that come from out of town. It's, it's an effort. It's a job. It's a process to be accepted. So I wanted to clarify that I am, I am not a Milwaukee native. I'm a Milwaukee transplant, but you best believe Milwaukee will always be considered home. And knowing that the RNC is coming to Milwaukee as a black American, I want to know what that means for us. And also, uh, thank you so much, DZ. Brittany Griner's salary in the WNBA for 2022 was $221,000. And guess what? She made a million dollars playing overseas. You do the math. Okay, so for those that were like, oh, she shouldn't have been in Russia, you do the math. 220, 1,000 in your homeland, or $1 million to play overseas? What you gonna do? I know what I'm gonna do. I'm going overseas. So thank you for that. I'm glad that we were able to, to provide that information. Now, the Republican National Convention, when you hear the word Republican, 
the majority of, of us black folks, when we hear the word Republican, there's a, there's a feeling. And it's not always that great. And the Democrats have, and this is my op-ed, have started to get a little too comfortable with our vote. Are y'all with me, black folks? Democrats, especially those that identify as white, have gotten a little too comfortable with our vote. When we come back from break, and again, the talk and text line is 833, or excuse me, yes, 833-212-1017. And I'm going to need y'all to quit texting me I'm wrong. Put some respect on your text. I just said she made a million dollars. Somebody just said, you're wrong, she's a millionaire. Didn't I just say that? We're going we gonna to start being more respectable. All that keyboard courage, not on my show. She's only a not millionaire because on she's playing overseas to get the millions. Well, somebody talking about you're wrong. That's, I, don't, I don't play them games. We're going to put some respect on these interactions on this show, okay? Let's do it with love or don't do it at all. Anywho, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about the Republican National Convention, what that means for black Americans voting taxpayers in Milwaukee and the evolution of the Republican Party in this country. This is 101.7 The Truth. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Now see, this is how we get Friday going. Hey. Mm. Where you at, DZ? Go. Oh, oh. Hey, hey. I love it. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to 101.7 The Truth. Milwaukee Black Arts Festival is back, y'all. So make sure you come and join the Truth Street Team. DZ, you going to be there? Are you part of the street team? No? Okay. So make sure you come and check out the Truth Street Team at the Summerfest grounds this Saturday from noon until 8 p.m. as we celebrate the deep roots of African heritage and the creative magnificence of black cultural arts. The event will be packed with fun-filled activities such as arts, music, poetry, dance, fashion, and more. So again, join the Truth Street Team at the Summerfest grounds this Saturday from noon until 8 p.m. for the return. Come on, black folks. Let's show up for the Milwaukee Black Arts Festival. This is your girl, DT, filling in for the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris. Obviously, I'm not Dr. Ken, but it's Friday. We're going to have a good time. We are talking about the announcement that was made. The Republican National Convention will be hosted by us, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in 2024. We've got some callers on the line. Let me know your thoughts in terms of what that means for black folks here in Milwaukee. We got Winky Blue. Winky Blue, you're on 101.7 The Truth. Hey, good afternoon to you. I'm enjoying your conversation. I mean, you're hitting some heck of a points there. You know, especially when you talk to the uh, when you talk to the Latino guy. You know, let's be realistic. You're 100% right. If you look at the, the Negro Army, nobody fought or could fight in the Negro Army. The black man had to bear the brunt alone. The Chinese that were here, they were not in, in the camps uh, that signed up. The, 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 uh, the, uh, the Mexicans that were in this country that were able to fight in the war, they didn't fight in the Negro War. 
the Negro had to carry the brunt by itself. That's what they, they fought in the white folk uh, army. They wouldn't. They weren't fighting in the in the black army. The black army had to carry the brunt by themselves. And then when you look at the majority, uh, what makes the uh, American, the uh, uh, the Anglo-Saxon in America, the majority is because they count the white Hispanic. The white Hispanic. If you do the research, the white Hispanic goes along with that count to make the the, the, the white race uh, makes his population the uh, makes his population uh, what it is to be the majority. Uh, you know, so I look at it like you said. The Met, the what Mexican? If you're Mexican and you and you you're almost white, you can put on there white and pass for white. If you are Puerto Rican, you can put Mexican and get the job. If you're black, you just gotta stand alone. Now, one last question I want to ask you because you're handling your your platform real real smooth and 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 I, and I like the suaveness of it. Check this out. Who's going to be the who's going to represent Milwaukee as black delegates? in this city at that doggone uh, uh, conference. We need some black delegates. And I'm not talking about the typical black Republican that is ashamed of niggas like me, uh, uh, that, 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 is, that definitely support the party, but they don't want to be affiliated uh, because the way maybe I can duck myself. I was at a meeting one time, and one of them said, well, you're, this is what a black brother told me. He said, well, you don't behave. He was talking like that. He said, well, you don't behave like a conservative. I said, who is this? Man, I was going to go off on him. They pulled me back. They went and told him who I was. But just for him to make that statement made me angry. So I want to know All what right, kind Mickey of delegates. Would... Yes. One Good more question. question. One more... Can I say one more thing? Can I say one more thing? La- last Remember... question, Blue. This is not a question. This is a comment. Remember Hanny Lou Famer. Uh, they had to break into the Democrat Party. They broke into the Democrat Party as the Freedom, the Democrat Freedom Party, the Democrat Freedom uh, uh, Party. They broke into that party and looked like we haven't been able to escape every since, but they broke into that party. If we break into that party, I think we have some fruit on the tree we need to collect. Thank you for having this topic. You're doing a good job. Thank you so much, Winky Blue. Appreciate you as always and appreciate your perspective. We're going to dig a little bit deeper into the history, as you had referenced. We have another caller, Al from Sherman Park. You're on 101.7 The Truth. Hey, how are you doing? I didn't catch your name at the top of the show. I am your royal majesty. No, I'm just kidding. I'm Denise. How are you? Uh, You said Denise? Yes, yes, I am. I'm I'm, I'm Denise Al. Denise, okay, I just want to make sure I heard you correctly. You know, I, I think we have to start maturing as a people when, we, when it comes to politics. I work with a lot of Latinos, and so they kind of divide their uh, vote up kind of 50-50, so they're now, working Al, both sides Al, of the just, street. Let me just interject. Let me just interject, because when you say they, then that would indicate that you don't associate or you don't identify. Do you mind if I ask you what is your identity for the purpose of this, this comment? In terms of race. African-American. Okay, African-American. African-American. Okay, gotcha. All right. Okay, so they work politics from both sides of the street. I think the Asians do that, but we're the only ones that seem to put our eggs predominantly in one basket, which is the Democrats. And that I look at every Democrat city in which they run and have run for seven, eight decades, and I look at the black community and then I look at the white community. And so when you have Democrats in control and they're controlling the money and the funds to where they go, are you seeing the black community enriched? 
that's a great question. And my immediate answer is no. My no, immediate it, answer it goes is to no. downtown. It goes to downtown, the east side, the, the the gated communities around us, but it never goes directly to build up black communities. They may give you a twenty million here, twenty million there for some public housing um, located over a library that decided to build. But overall, we're not seeing the. And they like to call. Uh, when they rob Peter to pay Paul with the taxing scheme, and they like to call that investments, but I don't see the investments being made where the majority of, of us live. Uh, and then the other thing, they always say that they're working in our interest. So they like to link us with crime. So anytime they come out and they want to uh, court us for our vote, they talk about how many people they aren't putting in jail, not realizing that the people they don't put in jail that have been doing really hard crimes get returned to our neighborhood and kill us. And kill us. And when you look at the homicides in most every Democrat-run city, what color are the faces that are being killed as homicide victims? (laughs) How are you doing me a favor by not putting criminals in jail when they deserve to be in jail? Al, thank you so much. You bring up some very valid points. And and speaking of what you just shared, we come back from break. I want to take Al's perspective and dig a little bit deeper because here's the thing. As As a race, as black Americans, I also want to give us some credit because we, since the time that our ancestors were stolen and brought to this country, we never had an advantage when it came to voting. Ever. We're going to talk about that more when we come back from break. I'll thank you again for listening. Thank you for your perspective. This is 101.7 The Truth. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 101.7 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. DT, a.k.a. the Effective Communication Coach, also known as Denise Thomas. I'm getting you all my names, but that's all you're going to get from me. We're going to have a great, great second hour. As you can tell, I am filling in for my dear brother, my dear friend, the Dr. Ken Harris, the Dr. Ken Harris, who's on assignment. And we've been talking about the big announcement here in Milwaukee. The Republican National Convention will be hosted in Milwaukee by Milwaukeeans in 2024 for the upcoming presidential election. Now, again, traditionally and historically, black folks have voted Democrat. And what does that mean for us? What does that mean for our community? What does that mean for our rights? And I I want us to go back and call her. I I got you, Al. Just give me a few seconds. I want to level set something before we hear from you. Now, let's just rewind because we were talking about the evolution of the Republican Party. You know, the Republican Party, when it was first established around 1840, were advocates of, of freeing slaves, of, of abolishing slavery. That changed, obviously. Now, let me fast forward, because we only got about an hour left in this, in this afternoon show. So I want y'all to hear me when I, when I share this, because this is very important to understand that history always repeats itself. And we really need, as the Republicans are going to be coming to Milwaukee, 
Don't just be like, well, it's the Republicans. They're racist. It's a bunch of, of racist, elite, white supremacists. Because the Republican Party, whether you realize it or not, the number of black people that are running for elected office, that are running on the Republican ticket, is growing day by day. Now, in 1965, the Voting Rights Act was signed into law by former President Lyndon B. Johnson. Now, keep in mind, he assumed presidency in November of 1963 after the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. If you ask me, when it comes to what this country was founded on, capitalism, power, that was a very strategic move on Lyndon B. Johnson's part. He knew that in order to sustain what the Kennedy family, the Kennedy administration, including the president and his brother, who was attorney general, Robert F. Kennedy. He knew that if he was going to get reelected, he was going to have to finish what the Kennedy family started. This has nothing to do in terms of how I feel based on what I know about LBJ, especially if y'all have if y'all ever, if y'all ever heard any Offline footage of LBJ, let's just say he wasn't actually um, a huge fan of black folks. But he had to do what he had to do to get reelected or to get elected, I should say. Are y'all with me? Now, this is when black folks really were at a disadvantage because we had to fight for the right to vote. We had to fight, and I mean literally in the sense of people getting killed, brutalized, hung just so that we could vote for whatever party. And because of the timing, we as black folks, we're rolling with those that were good to us, at least based on what we thought, which was Democrat. Let me take a caller, and before we go to break, Shiree, you're on 101.7 The Truth. How are you? Hey, I'm good, I'm good. I, I have a couple comments. My first comment is, is that, um, I really, really hope that the mayor did really think this out thoroughly because prior to um, Tom Barrett leaving office, they were saying that they had a shortage of police officers. This will give them two years to repair, to gentrify, to beautify, and to, <laughs> you know, um, make sure that they have the um, coverage for um the RNC when it gets here. You know what I mean? So hopefully the streets will be repaired because these streets are horrible. Um, and all these abandoned houses, I'm trying to figure out what's going on with the abandoned houses that have been, um, some have been, you know, um, ran down and some of them have, you know, been in fires and they've been sitting in these different um, neighborhoods for years. So hopefully um, before they get here that there will be a lot, a lot of change um, right. so that Cosmetic we change. won't be dragged in the mud and talked about. Yes, yes. we got, we got, like you know, Grandma said, we, we got company. Act like you've been here before. Now, just I'm telling you, I'm telling you. What's your second comment? Because we got to take a break here in like 30 seconds. And, and my second comment is that I, I would like to know, you know, 
um, as far as the relief money that has come in from the Recovery Act, where where is all that money? Where, you know, I would like for someone to um, bring some of the officials to um, answer for where is all this Recovery Act money for the little people such as myself? Where is that money that, that people are still in need of? Um, Thank you so much, Sheree. Thank you. Appreciate your call. Okay. Al, just hold on for a second, Al, because we're going to get you. We come back at the top of the hour. Don't hang up. Give us give us a break here, and we'll definitely take your call when we come back. Shari, again, thank you so much for your perspective. Because when we come back, we're going to talk about what does that mean in terms of how we're going to be ready and show up for this big national convention.